listener. Uh, just Nick this week. Very, very short show for you. It's not a proper show. Uh, I've uh, been deliberating over whether to put it out as 49.2 or anything uh, Marvel Comics-esque. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, it seems a shame to put a landmark episode like 50 out without some sort of fanfare or or something and it's impossible for me to do fanfare by myself obviously but we do have episode 52 in a couple of weeks uh, and James will will definitely hopefully be back next week everything will be back to normal by episode 51 anyway so um if you've been listening to us since the momcast you'll know that I say that about episode 52 but we're not very good at landmark episodes anyway um but yeah, just uh, it's worth mentioning to you, in case you hadn't realised, we are almost at the one-year mark on this podcast, and we are still loving doing it. Uh, that sounds a little bit desperate with only me in the room, but I I don't think James and I are going to get tired of doing Two Grown Men anytime soon, so it's all very exciting. I'm also going to keep this quick, because there's something really weird going on in this house at the moment. We seem to be infested with these tiny little flies there are dozens of them dozens maybe even hundreds and I'm doing what I can to get rid of them but it's just impossible when you've got two dogs and and one one year old uh, to find all of the vector points or, or or all of the different places where flies could be feeding and breeding and it's quite intense it's a little bit like recording a podcast inside an episode of Welcome to Night Vale or or trying to record something while in an Edgar Allan Poe story. I'm not enjoying it. Um, as uh, David Wynn said on Twitter, there's uh, clearly a dead body under our floorboards. I mean, he's he's been to this house, I think, so he knows that there are probably loads. Um, but he knows better than to think I wouldn't know how to stop a body drawing flies. So it must be something else. It must be. Anyway, I've got these little pots down, um, full of, uh, with a little bit of uh, vinegar in the bottom and, and cling film over the top. So I'm basically killing flies by the hundred, which I would feel guilty about, except they're fucking horrifying. So there's that. Uh, I'm feeling very skittish as I record this. It has been quite an eventful week in a Southampton-based podcasting for us. Uh, last week was our first episode of uh, Two Grown Men with a guest, actually in the studio with us, with both of us and a guest. We um, did have my friend Alex Dawson on the show uh, pretty early on, but it was it was just speaking to me. So I think James would probably say that, that he is much uh, less comfortable with meeting new people than I am. But last week we had Dan of uh, Need to Consume and of uh, the Three Bods, One Pod show. Um, I'd been talking to him for a little while, so I already knew him. And yet James, I think was hilarious on last week's show. Dan was uh, very lovely and very entertaining and uh, very interesting as well. Um, I I cut a lot of myself out of it that was just slowing the show down. So um, the one good thing about being the guy who produces and edits, although you'd probably never guess it, um, is that I get to make myself sound just that, that little bit better 
by, by cutting out all of the bits where I say stupid things. I won't be doing that so much for this episode because it is supposed to go out pretty quickly. So... The week started with Dan on the show. That was very exciting. It all came together quite quickly. We had a really nice conversation there, and hopefully we'll see him again at some point, um, and you'll hear him again at some point. Uh, Then Thursday came around, and we had episode 250 of the Momcast, which is a huge deal. There have been more than 250 episodes, uh, because we have had specials here and there, but 250 is a pretty good number, and I think James and I had quite a nice time on that one. Jane wasn't around unfortunately but it was good fun and then at the weekend I had been invited to be a panellist for the first time on a panel at a convention uh, Barry Nugent of the Geek Syndicate was or one of the organisers of the podcasting track at a convention called Nine Worlds uh, that was at the Radisson Blue near Heathrow in London Um it was interesting. It's the first time I've ever been to a convention as a, I guess, as one of the people involved with a panel or, or anything. Obviously, uh, we did volunteer at LSCC, not last year, but the year before. Um, so we've helped out there. And I did once host a panel for the Orangutan Comics guys, but that was a bit embarrassing. I had misunderstood and thought I didn't need to do any preparing and that it would take care of itself. And... Um, and panels don't take care of themselves, it turns out. Uh, so this this was the first time I'd been invited actually to go as a panellist on, on behalf of two grown men. I applied on behalf of two grown men and was invited on behalf of two grown men. But we it, it was for a, a panel called The Life and Times of a Podcaster. The other panellists were Rebecca Duty, Ed Fortune, uh, Stephen Lacey, who's a friend of the Momcast already, so we already know him pretty well, um, Phil Hobden and Alex Fitch. And... It was a little bit nerve-wracking in principle. Um, I was a little bit nervous going up there. And um, I had a little bit of my normal convention nerves when I first turned up anyway. But actually, it felt a lot more normal for me being on the panel than it normally does drifting around a convention. I think I've probably talked more about being anxious at conventions than people have seen me being anxious at conventions because my social camouflage is relatively good in situations like that. But I have at times behaved embarrassingly weirdly at conventions because uh, for some reason my social anxiety really kicks in. The weird thing about this particular convention as well is I think it's exactly the sort of one where when geeks talk about finding their tribes and um, talk about somewhere that's home and all those other things where people who feel like they're outsiders get a sense of belonging because they're surrounded by other people a bit like them or who are inclusive of them. Nine Worlds is the sort of convention they're talking about. In terms of who is made to feel welcome, Thought Bubble is definitely one of the best for people who aren't just into superhero comics or or, or stuff like that. There's a... (laughs) Thought Bubble is very inviting and very um, very inclusive, I feel. But the whole program at Nine Worlds is designed to be inclusive. It's got a lot of different tracks. Uh, there's a podcasting track, I believe. There's a feminist, uh, feminism track, a creative writing one. There's a books one. There's a whole track for Game. Of, excuse me. There's a whole track for Game of Thrones. There's a track for fan fiction, and. Um, in terms of panels that talk about diversity and uh, diversity and gender and um, and sexuality and things like that, there's 
this is very geared towards making people feel at home and making people uh, feel that they can be themselves and talk um, and attend talks about subjects that are dear to them. And it's actually really nice to see. Uh, but at the same time, for me, it's that's there's quite a sensory overload. I already feel pretty socially awkward in... Um, I feel socially awkward in relatively relatively vanilla social situations, uh, but you'd think that that'd mean I was more comfortable when surrounded by other socially awkward people. But the ways in which most geeky people are socially awkward, um, at the risk of being normative, and I really don't mean to be, but they are very different from the ways I am the sorts of behaviours I'm comfortable around. So what you tend to find at conventions and what you tend to find uh, among geeks is they, they tend, to, for the most part, and this is a massive generalisation, there are probably lots of other people who are just as middle of the road as me at these things who are kind of drifting around feeling just as bewildered as I sometimes do. Uh, but people tend to either talk with this sort of just instinctive one note sarcasm that just infuses everything they say or this really intense enthusiasm and if you've been listening to me for um any length of time you'll know that i those are those are two extreme behaviors or two two different extremes that i sometimes i don't really know how to behave around i tend to exist at this low level slightly angry slightly a separate thrum I exist at a very mid-range frequency and so that that uh, sarcasm that doesn't seem to be just being used when sarcasm would be appropriate or the the other end the enthusiasm I just don't know how to react around those um I dare say though that the uh, social anxiety of a white straight guy isn't necessarily an awful thing in a place where um so many people who normally feel they don't fit in even more than I don't feel that I fit in uh, would get to feel really comfortable. Everyone, uh, lots of people seem very, very uh, happy and it was kind of joyful to see. The panel itself was really fun, uh, really, really fun. I'm really grateful to Barry for inviting me along for it and... Um, and also the other people on the panel were really interesting. There were a few people there to listen, but even if there'd been no people there to listen, it would have been a nice conversation to uh, to take part in. And I had fun. I didn't... Uh, I kind of know from experience that I don't just clam up in situations like that, but there's always the concern that I, I will, that I won't really have anything to say. Arguably, I had too much to say, but it was great fun. And I hadn't realised I'd be able to go to any of the other panels uh, at the uh, the rest of the convention. I, I thought I'd only be able to attend podcasting ones uh, on my badge, but as it turned out, it was a bit of a free-for-all. But because I hadn't had a chance to really look at anything else, I did go to another podcasting panel in the afternoon called The Power of New Media, uh, with uh, Barry Nugent was actually speaking at that one, and uh, Emma Newman, Stephen Arian, and uh, Scott... Granderson 
were all speaking and I only really know Barry uh, on the first panel I only really knew Barry and uh, Steve and Lacey based on uh, what they do and by coincidence I also actually know them as well uh, a little bit but um, the, the power of new media again there was only really Barry I knew but that was interesting it wasn't so much it, it went off topic pretty quickly but the conversation that was had was very interesting and and kind of uh, I guess because I'd been on the panel in the morning or or possibly because the conversation was very much <laughs> in an area that I'm really fascinated by and I have real preoccupations with. I kind of wanted to jump into the conversation, but I think that's probably the sign of quite a good panel um, as well. There there was uh, lots of talk of no longer having having to have mainstream media be your only source of news, that you can can pick and choose your sources, that you can... um, you can go on Twitter and on Reddit and find your own streams and uh, self-select. And there was a, and I was, I started fizzing. Anyone who's listened to Unanswered or listened to this podcast knows, probably knows that at that point I started really fizzing about confirmation bias, which I should probably get on a t-shirt somehow at some point because I basically say it all the time. Uh, confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance it seems to be my two phrases now um but it did get discussed a little bit and uh and so i i found it really interesting and then i came home and i i just narrowly missed torrential rain both ways and and i didn't even mind being on a national express coach for the first time in ages i got to have a bit of a nap and um and it was all quite nice um so that was this week in Southampton podcasting. I'm sure there were other podcasts recorded, but none of them really count. Uh, and here we are, and I've really not got any proper explanation for why we're doing you this little uh, sort of gap episode uh, beyond just to say that we were both pretty burned out by the last week. There was other stuff going on for both of us. Um, and there was just this, uh, like the hurricane that never was, that that's hit Britain this weekend. There was kind of a perfect storm of different sort of events, work-related stuff, um, for me, house-related stuff, and 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 all sorts of other things that have just meant that neither James or I was really in any state to do a recording today. So there you are. There's not really a lot I can do without James. There's no real way of being two grown men with only one grown man. Uh, the uh, we're both kind of ridiculous in that James honestly thinks that I'm the driving force behind all behind all of these podcasts or certainly this one and uh, I very much understand that I can't really do them by myself because James is the funny one and uh, he also keeps me from going too far into any rants uh, despite sometimes uh, derailing himself and me as well that happens sometimes too but um one thing i will mention in the hope that maybe we can talk about them next week uh the uh there were a couple of things that i was hoping we'd be able to talk about today very very briefly the first thing is uh, an article that went out on the new york times site on august the 8th uh, written by louisa colon 
and it's an article called Need Kids to Follow Instructions? Don't Ask, Tell. Uh, I could easily get derailed by how annoying that headline is, but I'm not going to. It's, it's basically a really interesting and kind of quite nicely written article about the problem with asking children if they want to do something when the fact is that thing has to happen anyway. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but I don't know how far into it we've really drilled down. Uh, but it's uh, it's something that I've heard about before. It hasn't really come up with Noah yet, but I'm sure James has experienced it. The uh, the situation where the the tendency is to try and treat your child like a, a little grown-up and to give them personal responsibilities and how much of a problem that can be when the truth is it's something that needs to happen whether they want to or not. Uh, if you've already decided what you're going to make for dinner or if you've already arranged a play date for them or um, or even if you just need them to put on their shoes before you go outside, asking them about those things can be problematic because if you ask them if they want to do them and then they decide that they don't want to do them, suddenly you're in a conflict situation which uh, might have been avoided had you just told them that they needed to do those things. Um, I won't go into too much detail because it's something I'd quite like to talk to James about next week. Uh, but if you've got any opinions on that, um, I'll put the I'll put a link to the post in the show notes so you can go and have a read of it. The show notes will be at twogrownmen.net. Uh, the show notes for this post should be pretty easy to find so uh, either email us at 2gmpodcast at gmail.com or if you go to twogrownmen.net and look on the left hand side there's a little uh, button that says send voicemail and if you click on that you should be able to on your phone or computer you should be able to find a way to record a short 90, 90, second, uh, 90 second voice message and actually send us it it would be quite interesting to hear what you have to say about that um, I'm pretty certain that it's uh, among us and our listeners that's not going to be that controversial an article but it'll be interesting to hear what you think anyway um, at the same time, I want to finish on a quote from Kanye West that he said in an interview back in 2012. It wasn't, the whole interview wasn't pertinent to what we talk about here, but uh, I just quite liked it. Someone shared it, I think, on Tumblr somewhere, and I ended up seeing the whole quote in context. And it does have some bearing to stuff we've talked about in the past. So I'll, I'll finish on that. So Kanye said, Society has put up so many boundaries, so many limitations on what's right and wrong, that it's almost impossible to get a pure thought out. It's like a little kid, a little boy, looking at colours, and no one told him what colours are good, before somebody tells you you shouldn't like pink because that's for girls, or you'd instantly become a gay two-year-old. Why would anyone pick blue over pink? Pink is obviously a better colour. Everyone's born confident and everything's taken away from you. So many people try to put their personality on someone else. Um, that isn't just pertinent this is me now this isn't Kanye anymore uh, that isn't just pertinent to uh, parenting I think it's it's kind of pertinent to stuff we talk about about being grown ups as well a little bit um, especially the uh, idea that it's almost impossible to get a pure thought out now that's something I thought of quite a lot when the podcasters uh, at the second panel at uh, nine worlds were 
we're talking about responsibility to the audience. Um, we're kind of lucky, James and I, because although we try to be, we try not to say anything that we can't own. Um, the truth is, not that many people are listening. So if we do say controversial stuff, there are a few listeners who will be happy to pick us up on them. But for the most part, we aren't reaching thousands of people. So we won't offend lots and lots of them. But yeah, Kanye there, talking about pink and blue. I think he's kind of right. Pink's definitely more interesting than blue. That's just a personal opinion, you know. So that's me. I've talked for about 20 minutes. Uh, As I said, James will be back next week. You'll be relieved to hear... uh, Thank you very much for your patience in sticking around with me. Like I said, everything should be back to normal by next week. Hope, hope, maybe, maybe things will be even better. Uh, impossible to say, though, really, and it? Future's pretty much unknowable, really, when it comes down to it. We love you, listener. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.